Welcome to Walk Through the Bible, Susan Michaels' 12-month journey through the most exciting book on the planet. It will transform your life one page at a time. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes that will ignite your faith and bring your Bible to life. Now, let's join our host, Susan Michael. Well, hey there, and welcome back. This is Walk Through the Bible, Week 18. This week, we are reading in the Daily Bible what is pages 540 through 574, or the dates in the Daily Bible of April the 30th through May the 6th. We are still deep into the reading of the Psalms. Uh, We're reading through a group of about 112 of the 150 Psalms, and these 112, we don't know exactly when they were written, so the editor of the Daily Bible has arranged them by type, and he came up with four different types. Last week, uh, we read through those that are uh, for a troubled soul, and then we read those uh, about righteousness and wickedness, And this week, we're reading the Psalms of Joy and Praise. And um, this week, we got to read the longest psalm, in fact, the longest chapter of any book in the entire Bible. And that's Psalm 119, which goes on and on and on, extolling the greatness of God's Word. You know, it's, uh, di- it's divided up into 22 uh, stanzas, which corresponds to the 22 Hebrew letters. So I'm hoping that you checked it out on uh, verse 161. It began the section under the Hebrew letter of the Shin or Sheen. And this letter I, ref- I told you about earlier, that it stands for the name of God. And I talked about in an earlier uh, episode how that the high priests, when they pronounce the priestly blessing over the people, they would hold their hands up uh, like this so that it formed a sheen. And um, that that very symbol was then picked up in the Star Trek series and became the sign of the Vulcans. And um, so I wanted you to make sure that you saw that letter sheen as as I've been describing it there right before verse 161. Um, Verses one and two, I wanna read to you a few parts of Psalm 119, but verses one and two, just blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. I mean, it just opens right up, just jumps right to it. Blessed are the righteous, the ones that obey the Lord, that walk in obedience to his commandments, that that follow the Torah, the law of the Lord. They're the ones that are blessed. Right there, verses one through two. The rest of it's just an elaboration of those verses. Um, There's so many verses, I won't attempt to read through it, but I do want to point out uh, verse number 20, where it says, My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Now, how many of us can say that? That my soul is consumed with a longing for God's law. 
His Word, His Torah, His instruction. Wow, that is so beautiful. Um, I'm going to jump down and read to you a very famous verse, verse uh, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. This is why it's so important for us to spend time in God's word, because it is a lamp to our feet. If we want to know what's God's will for our life, if we want to know about a certain step that we need to take, should I take this job or not, or should I go here or do that, should I marry this person, should I this, should I what, it's His Word that is a lamp to our feet. And the more we know that Word, it's going to give us guidance. It's going to light that path that we need to walk on step by step that we'll know His will because of the light of His Word. Another verse I want to read to you is verse 72. It says that the law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Can you say that? Can you say the Lord's Word is more precious to you than thousands of pieces of silver and gold? This is a wonderful love and reverence for the Word of God, and we could really uh, benefit greatly from taking this on in our hearts and in our Christian walk. Um, so now we read another psalm this week, Psalm 113, and so I want to talk about a series of psalms that starts with 113. We didn't read all of them in the series this week, but I want to highlight this because it's called the Hallel, and it's Psalms 113 through 118. You know, um, Hallel in Hebrew means praise. So hallelujah means to praise the Lord, Yah being short for the name of God. So hallelujah is to praise the Lord, and hallel is to praise. And so we find that several of these uh, psalms end with the phrase, hallelujah. And you may not pick it up because in English they've translated it into praise the Lord. So at the end of Psalm 113, 115, 116, 17, uh, all end with uh, hallelujah. And so this series of psalms, known as the Hallel, were sung at the three great feasts of Israel, Passover, Shavuot, and uh, during uh, and Pass uh, uh, Feast of Tabernacles. But they were also sang during the Passover Seder. And uh, for this reason, I want to bring it up because we in uh, when we read in the New Testament about that last supper that Jesus had with his disciples, uh, we'll talk about it, of course, much more detail when we get to the New Testament, but we all know that it was a Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples. That's the last supper. And it says after they finished the meal that they sang a hymn, 
or hymns, and um, and then they departed and they left for the Mount of Olives. Well, that's because it was a part of the Passover Seder meal to sing the Hallel, the hymns, um, at the end. And so that this is what Jesus sang. And uh, we know that he probably sang it many times in his life at different occasions because uh, it was so common. So I want to read to you a, a few verses from the Hallel. And, um, and I want you to get in the mood here. These are psalms of praise sung during the great feast. So praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and the earth? Did you get that? God actually humbles himself to see what's in the heavens and the earth. He's so far above that. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap, that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord, or hallelujah. Psalm 114. Now this goes over, of course, how God set the Israelites free from slavery in Egypt. It's a part of everything. It's in their DNA. It's the, the big act of God in their history that they're always repeating. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. The Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back. O mountains, that you skipped like rams. O little hills like lambs. Terrible, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a fountain of waters. Psalm 115, 115 then uh, talks about the problems with idolatry. And uh, I'm going to skip down to verse 9. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is the help. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. See the parallelism, the poetry here. It's, it's a song. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, 
but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord, or hallelujah. Psalm 115. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplications, because he's inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. Verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people, in the court of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. That's you and me. Laud him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Hallelujah. Now this brings us to the last psalm, Psalm 118. And I'm going to skip through some of it, reading a few verses, um, and I want to talk about this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Then going down to verse 14, The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord the Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. And then we enter into a part of this psalm which is very prophetic and messianic. Verse 22, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. I want to stop here for a minute and make a few comments about this part of the psalm. Remember now, this is Psalm 118. It's a part of the Hallel. It is sung all the time by the Jewish people. At each of their feasts, at the Passover Seder, it is sung uh, at different times. They're very, very familiar with these verses. And um, here is a very, very important uh, concept that, it, that I want to make sure that we don't skim over and we take a minute. This verse here, the stone which the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone, uh, was later quoted in the New Testament. And of course, this refers to the rejection of the Jewish leaders of Jesus, the chief cornerstone. And it says, this was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, this is a very, very popular little tune. We teach, we teach it to the children at Bible school. Uh, we sing it. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. You know, it's like, even though it's raining today and I don't really want to go outside, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. And we sort of use it as kind of a pep song to, you know, pep us up for the day, whatever we may encounter. But I want us to look at the original context of this verse. And the context is the day that it's talking about is the day that the builders rejected the chief cornerstone. And you know, throughout Christian history, we have had very, very poor relations with the Jewish people. And thankfully, that has changed a lot just in the last 30, 40, 50 years, um, mainly because of the birth of the state of Israel and the interaction of Jews and Christians. And there, there's many reasons for this. But for centuries, uh, the Christian world looked upon the Jewish people with disdain. And, and the, his, the church actually taught a doctrine of what's called contempt of the Jews. And it was this, that because the Jews had rejected Jesus as the chief cornerstone, they had been rejected by God and they were cursed for it. And they therefore, anything that we did to uh, persecute them, to discriminate them, to punish them for this. We were doing God a favor. And that's the teaching of contempt that was a part of church doctrine and church theology. And uh, people like our organization, the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, have worked now for 40 years correcting this. And this verse here is very key to correcting that, to say that the day the, the builders rejected the chief cornerstone was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous day. It's a day we should rejoice in because it's the day of our salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then this psalm goes on. 
And it says, save now, I pray, O Lord. Well, save now, I pray, O Lord, in Hebrew is Hoshienu. And that has been contracted in our English Bibles as Hosanna. So when the crowds picked up the olive branches and were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to Jesus as he entered Jerusalem on that triumphant entry, as we call it, on Palm Sunday, they were quoting these verses. They were saying, O Lord, our King, save us now. Send prosperity. Send good things. Because that's what a king did for their subjects. Hoshienu was a cry of the people to a king. So they were proclaiming Jesus as that king. And they were saying, Baruch Haba Bashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So later on that, uh, the, in that day, when Jesus stood on the Mount of Olives and he looked out, he looked out over Jerusalem. It says he wept, and it also says that Jesus said to Jerusalem, "You will not see me again until you say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai." He quoting here, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So he wasn't just saying that you're going to welcome me because Baruch Haba means welcome. And today in Israel, if you go to somebody's house, they're going to open the door. They're going to say Baruch Haba. If you're one person, if you're several people, they'll say Brukim Habaim. They'll do it in plural. But here it's Baruch Haba is welcome. But Jesus didn't just mean you're going to welcome me. They all knew this verse. You're going to welcome me as king. And you're going to say, Hoshienu, Hoshienu, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So this is a very, very key messianic um, psalm. And because it's a part of the Hallel, and because it was sung there that last night at that Passover Seder, and because it's referred to so many times in that last week when Jesus is in Jerusalem, I wanted to talk about it now. The psalm wasn't actually written until a little bit later, so you'll find it in your daily Bible uh, much later. You're not going to read it this week or next week. So I wanted to go ahead and uh, cover it uh, this week. Now, another psalm uh, that we read last week, but I didn't take time to talk about, is Psalm 83. And, um, you know, when we talk about the church's relation with the Jewish people, is part of a long history of what we call the history of the longest hatred. It's the history of anti-Semitism. It started before the church. We read about it in the pagan empires and in the book of Esther. But it was the Christian church that really uh, took that and perpetrated it for centuries. And um, after the Christian era, then there were the Nazis and anti-Semitism just keeps going on and on under different faces. And not just Christian. The Nazis were not Christian for sure. Um, today we have political anti-Semitism. We have Muslim anti-Semitism. So there's, there's different faces. 
to the anti-Semitism. But it because it has gone on for as long as the Jewish people have been around, this hatred uh, for the Jewish people. And sometimes we wonder, well, why is that? And why did the Christian church even fall into this? Because it's such an evil influence. And that's why there's no explanation for this history of anti-Semitism other than a spiritual one or what I'd call a biblical one. And it is because of the calling on the Jewish people that has placed them right in the middle of a spiritual battle between the forces of hell and God himself. And we read about that in Psalm 83. In the first four verses of Psalm 83, I often refer to because I think they kind of sum it up and they explain this. In Psalm, uh, those first four verses, I'll sum it up this way. It says, O God, those who hate you have declared, let them let us cut them off as a nation before us, that the name of Israel would be remembered no more. So it's a battle between the enemy and God himself. It's, it's God's enemies. Oh God, those who hate you have said, let us cut Israel off as a nation, that the name would never even be remembered again. And that sums up the spiritual battle of hatred, of animosity, what we call anti-Semitism towards the Jewish people. And there's always this sinister plot in the background to wipe them off the face of the earth, that they would be remembered no more because God chose this people and he gave them a calling and a role to play. And they are still fulfilling that call today. And therefore they are a target just as is the Church of Jesus Christ. We also are a target. And we'll talk more about this when we get to the New Testament and particularly to a very key scripture in the book of Revelation. It's going to take us a few months to get there, but I did want to make these few remarks as we read Psalm 83 last week and uh, we read the great the Hallel this week. Um, there's another uh, psalm called the Great Hallel, and that is Psalm 136. And um, it's a great psalm of praise to the Lord, and it's also sung um, during the festivals, and it's sung every morning, uh, every morning service on Shabbat and the festivals during the Passover Seder, Psalm 136. So you might want to get that out this week and read through it. So I hope that uh, this has been a blessing to you and that this helps the Psalms sort of come alive to you in a new way. Um, they are a great Hallel, a great hallelujah to the Lord. So I hope that you have a great week uh, reading through these Psalms of joy and of praise and let them just minister to your heart and your spirit. Then we'll be back here again Next week, as we wrap up the reading of the Psalms with some really key ones, the Messianic Psalms. So I can't wait to see you back here next week. And until then, God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, 
or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.